Have you been affected by the suicide death of a beloved friend or family member? If so, you're probably facing many unanswered questions. We hope to discuss some of them today. This is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life with your host, Marshall Adler. Marshall lost his own son, Matt, at the age of 32 and has since dedicated his life to talking to people who have also been affected by suicide. Now, here is Marshall Adler. Hello. I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode, which is going to be a very unusual episode because I'm going to uh, just give you my personal insight into some of the lessons that I've learned concerning the passing of my son, Matt. Obviously, the title of the show is What My Son Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. And for better or for worse, I have learned many lessons with respect to Matt's passing. And these are obviously very tough lessons to learn, but it is all part of the journey that began on July 22nd, 2018, when my son, Matt Adler, passed away uh, with um, his death by suicide. And I've been on this journey and have tried to use this podcast as a way to communicate to others, to the people that are in similar situations throughout the world or have had similar experiences or just interested in the uh, topic of how people deal with the loss of a loved one by suicide or loss of a child by suicide to sort of give a inside looking out viewpoint as to what this journey is about. And as a student of history, I've been constantly trying to research different people, different prior tragedies that have occurred throughout history and learn something as to how other people dealt with this. And it's interesting because Matt always was a student of history and loved history. And him and I would always talk about World War II. My father, Matt's grandfather, was a B-24 bombardier during World War II as a first lieutenant in the Army Air Corps. And he would tell many stories about World War II that totally fascinated both me and Matt. And I'm now using that intellectual curiosity on this new journey. And I actually would like to impart some knowledge that I recently learned about to the audience. I was not aware that Diana Churchill, who was the eldest daughter of Winston Churchill and his wife Clementine, died by suicide. She died on October 20th, 1963, when both of her parents were still alive. She was 53 years old, and she was 54 years old, and the coroner had determined that her death was suicide, and she was uh, buried in a plot that her, par- her parents knew they would be buried next to her after they passed. 
And the reason I'm telling you the story is that I've always admired Winston Churchill's veracity, his single-minded determination to defeat Nazi Germany, to preserve Western civilization, to keep the freedom that all liberty-loving people want to strive to have in their lives forever. And against huge odds, he succeeded. And I've heard many stories about the many difficulties that he overcame, but I really haven't heard or read any stories about how he dealt with his daughter's suicide. He obviously was very late in life in 1963, because I believe he died in 1965. So it was very late in his life, but yet it was the loss of a child to suicide. And I was just able to find a few different bits and pieces of research on the internet that basically, not surprisingly, talked about the fact that he dealt with this as he dealt with everything else in his life. He dealt with it head on, and he tried to support his wife, his family, through this tragedy as best that he could. And again, it gives me some solace that even an incredible human being like Winston Churchill, who literally single-handedly with, with the British people was fighting the Nazis until the United States joined the war on December 8th, 1941, the day after Pearl Harbor, he too was not immune to tragedy. He too was not immune to the loss of a child. He too was touched by suicide. And this, just looking at history, shows to me that the loss of a child is a tragedy, but it's not a new tragedy. The loss of a child to suicide is a tragedy, but not, again, not a new tragedy. And so I wanted to impart that knowledge to you, and I'm going to keep on that path to try to find out more information about how Winston Churchill and his wife survived and thrived after the suicide death of their daughter, Diana. And it's just something that I will try to emulate any type of hints that I can find through my research to help me and my family through our journey. The other research that I've done recently is actually something that Matt talked about so many times when he would talk about life and death. One of his favorite writers was Hunter S. Thompson, who was sort of considered 
the father of what was called gonzo journalism, which was sort of not traditional journalism, but very unusual journalism. And he was quite a character. Well, the reason I'm telling you this is that Hunter S. Thompson died by suicide at age 67 on February 20th, 2005. And I know that this really affected Matt in so many ways. And Matt, as was his nature to find humor, even in the darkest part of life, would always tell the story, which was true, that Hunter Thompson completely planned his ceremony after his passing in the sense that he wanted to make sure that his ashes would be literally, not figuratively, literally shot out of a cannon. And Matt thought that it was the greatest thing to leave this earth with a bang, and Hunter S. Thompson literally did that. So I decided to do some research concerning Hunter S. Thompson's suicide to see if I could, again, learn any lessons that would apply to Matt, because I know Matt read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson's work and admired him mainly, admired him greatly. And I actually found something that was extremely interesting. I read a quote from a collaborator of Hunter S. Thompson and a friend named Ralph Stedman, who wrote that at, after Hunter S. Thompson died by suicide, his friend was quoted stating that Hunter S. Thompson, I'm quoting this, told him 25 years ago that he would feel really trapped if he didn't know that he could, that he could commit suicide at any moment. He didn't know if this was brave or stupid or what, but it was inevitable. He, th he thought that the truth of what rings through all of his writings is that he meant what he said. And he wanted people to be entertained by it, which was fine, but he also wanted people to be enlightened by it, which was even better. And if you, for people that are wondering whether he went to heaven or hell, he wanted to make sure that everybody should be rest assured that he was gonna check both of them out and then report back. And after reading this comment by Hunter Thompson's friend, it sort of really resonated with me because, again, I knew that Matt read a lot of his writings, and I would have been surprised if he did not read that quote. The reason I'm very interested in this is that I've had many of Matt's friends after his passing basically say similar comments that Matt had made to them, that he knew that he was eventually going to pass by suicide.
never told his parents, never told us, but he told his very good friends that. And I think Matt always mentioned to us in a joking fashion that the way Hunter S. Thompson left this world always appealed to him. And we thought Matt was joking about it because he always was funny and he always made interesting comments like that. But I can see looking back now, he might have had a connection with Hunter S. Thompson that we never knew about. And I actually found a firsthand account of Hunter S. Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson's funeral. And it, let me just read this to you. It was on August 20th, 2005, in a private funeral. Thompson's ashes were fired from a cannon. This was accompanied by red, white, blue, and green fireworks, all to the tune of Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky. The cannon was placed atop a 153-foot tower, which had the shape of a double-thumbed fist, which was a monument that Thompson had drawn for some of his writing. And it was included in the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is a story of Hunter S. Thompson's writing. Reading this about Hunter S. Thompson's funeral, again, just sort of brings me back to Matt telling me so many times that when he leaves this earth, he wanted to be shot out of a cannon and we'd be laughing about it because it sounded so ridiculous. And I knew he was referring to Hunter S. Thompson, but I never knew the underlying thought process that Matt could have had concerning his own passing. So one of the things that I've learned now is that I do believe Matt was a incredibly strong, incredibly resilient, incredibly determined person to live his life to the fullest for as long as he could. But I knew now, but that I didn't know then, that he probably dealt with the issues of suicidal ideation on a daily basis for years. And he fought it as long as he could. And for that, and for everybody else who has suicide ideation and fights it every day to live the best life they can, I truly commend them. So I want to take a short break now because we have to come back on the other side and tell you some other lessons that I've learned, not from my son, Matt, but from the wonderful guests that have been 
so nice to be on this podcast for me. So please, thank you so much for listening, and please come right back after these short messages because I want to tell you some of the very important lessons that I've learned from the guests that we've had on the show to date. And we'll be right back after the, after the short message. Thank you very much. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shoutouts. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Things Worth Considering, featuring hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for coming back. I want to, first of all, thank all of the guests that have been so kind to be on our show. And some of these guests have been lifelong friends that I've known for decades. Some of these guests have been people that I've gotten close to since Matt's passing. Some of these guests were people that I never met, but they reached out to me after hearing about the podcast We connected and we have a wonderful relationship based on their willingness to share their story on this podcast. So I'd like to start out by thanking each and every guest 
so much for their bravery, their uh, honesty, their sincerity, and their humanity for agreeing to be guests on our show. I want to start out by first telling you what I learned from Steve Smelsky. If you remember, Steve was the group leader of the support group that my wife, Debbie, and I attended after Matt's passing called Grief Share. Steve and his wife, Shelly, lost their son, Jordan, to an amoeba that he contracted while swimming with Steve in Costa Rica. It was the amoeba that goes up an individual's nose to the brain and unfortunately took Jordan's life. And Steve and Shelly have been an absolute uh, rock for us to lean on through the grief share program that they led because they have showed us how to deal with grief with respect, honesty, and dignity. And they have really been role models for us to follow. And they have actually established a foundation for their son, Jordan. And I will tell you that the one thing I learned is that tragedy can result in remarkable opportunities to help others. And that is exactly what Steve and Shelley have done. This past year, I went to the Amoeba Summit that they had hosted at Florida Hospital here in Orlando, Florida in September 2019. They had an incredible array of guests. They had doctors, some of the world-leading researchers concerning the detection and fighting of this amoeba from Johns Hopkins Hospital, from the Centers for Disease Controls and Prevention. And it was an amazing seminar that I was fortunate enough to attend because Steve was nice enough to invite me. And they really talked about the great advances that have taken place because of Stephen Shelley's actions and that literally people are alive today who have contracted this horrific amoeba because of the work that has been performed by Stephen Shelley. So that is one lesson that I've learned that through the greatest tragedy you can ever sustain, the loss of a child, you can take that tragedy and as a tribute to your lost loved one, your lost child, dedicate yourself to make the world a better place. And that's exactly what Stephen Shelley have done. And that's what me, my wife and my son are trying to do as a tribute to our son, Matt. I'd also like to thank 
Hannah Jankowski, who was kind enough to reach out to me concerning the passing of her father. She was born and raised in a small town in Georgia by her parents, and she had two older siblings. She has a uh, dietetics degree from Florida State University, and she's a clinical nutritional manager at a large hospital here in Central Florida. Her father was from suburban Buffalo, New York, just like I was. He was actually my age, but I never had the privilege to meet, meet him. He went to medical school, moved to Georgia, and became a pediatrician. He actually was the president of the Georgia chapter of the American Academy of Pediatricians. He was a wonderful person who unfortunately passed away in 2011 at, at age 53, excuse me, at age, at age 55. And Hannah was brave enough to contact me because she was aware of the podcast and she wanted to use this as a vehicle for her to tell her story about her father, about what a wonderful person he was, and to talk about her journey through grief. And she indicated that she never really had publicly spoken about her father's death by suicide, and I was commending her for her bravery. So what I learned from Hannah was that to take a loved one's passing from suicide and to use that as a way to try to help others by marshalling all your bravery to actually go and talk publicly about something you never talked about is obviously a wonderful tribute to your lost loved one. Hannah said her father spent his whole life helping his patients aid a pediatrician, and she obviously is her father's daughter by helping others as she did by, willing, by being a guest on this podcast. And that's a wonderful lesson for all of us to learn. The next person I'd like to talk about is Sammy Bolger. She contacted me concerning the loss of her son, Oliver, from death by suicide. Sammy could not have been nicer. She was this incredibly wonderful person that reached out to me. I never had any prior contact with her, but she wanted to tell her story of her son through this podcast. She mentioned that her son was an excellent student, was admitted to Cornell University, and was just an incredible, loving, wonderful person. She told us how 
she had to decide to use this podcast and attempt to move forward in a way that would honor her son and share her story, which allowed her not to just lay down and die, but to make something positive out of her son's passing. She talked about how her faith and her beliefs have given her strength and compassion and a connection with those who suffered other losses like she did. And she really was incredibly brave to open up to the world on this podcast by telling about the wonderful son that she had and the journey of grief that she has been on since his death by suicide. And that is something that, again, I learned from her that no matter how difficult it is going through the grief process, it is, again, a tribute to our lost loved ones to help others, but also it helps yourself to go through the grief process and help others because you are taking the love you had for your lost loved one and spreading it to those who suffered a similar loss. And this, again, is a important lesson for all of us to learn. I would also like to talk about my travels to the VA clinic at the Orlando Veterans Administration where I interviewed Jane Gates, the Suicide Prevention Coordinator for the Veterans Administration. She was kind enough to tell me the wonderful programs that the VA has for the veterans in Central Florida. And she literally is the person coordinating all those programs. She talked about the fact that veterans are unfortunately dying at about one an hour, 20 a day from death by suicide. And her job is to do everything in her power to try to prevent this epidemic from growing and trying to make this epidemic much smaller. And what I learned from her was the incredible work that she and the VA are doing for our best and our brightest, our veterans. I'd like to take a short break now and come back uh, after the break to tell you about some other wonderful guests that we've had that have really helped me learn so much from them as, as their stories were told on this podcast. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I'll be right back after this short message. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Pauline Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Get ready for High Vibin' It with hosts Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you are still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibin' It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening, and I now want to tell you what I've learned from Christina Gonzalez. Christina, again, reached out to me after she was exposed to the podcast, and she was kind enough to talk about her 17-year-old son, Landon, who died by suicide. She actually reached out to me because Landon final resting place is in the same cemetery and very close to where our son Matt's final resting place is located. So we obviously have a connection there. And she interestingly told us that her son Landon, although he was not Jewish, was actually buried in a Jewish cemetery. She had worked as a teacher at the Jewish Community Center where Landon had attended as a young child and was exposed to many Jewish culture, cultural uh, activities and identified with many of the Jewish people that he was exposed to. So she told the incredible stories that Landon 
was a very accomplished student. He was a very accomplished musician and had a wonderful ability to love the people around him. And she told her journey of losing her 17-year-old son. Matt was 32, so Landon was half of Matt's age. And I could not commend her enough for her bravery, wanting and willing to tell the story of what it's like to lose a 17-year-old son to suicide. And every story has its uniqueness, and every story has some commonality with other deaths by suicide. But the pain of losing a 17-year-old is something that she was willing to talk about with great clarity and great bravery, just the same way that I've tried to talk about the loss of a 32-year-old son that I sustained. And what I learned from Christina is that no matter what the loss, the tragedy is a tragedy. And again, you have to make the decision for your family as to what is the best, best path to follow to get through this grief process. And she had decided that helping others and reaching out was the best path for her and her family. And I commend her for that, and I cannot thank her enough for that. The next guest that I want to thank is somebody that I ha have known for years. Luann Brenner was the wife of my all-time best friend since I was 12 years old at Amherst Junior High School in seventh grade, Ted Brenner. Ted passed away on December 6, 2018. He was incredibly close to my father, my mother, and my sons because every time we traveled to Buffalo, generally to see a Buffalo Bills game, the highlight of the trip was always seeing Ted. And Luann was brave enough to come on this podcast to tell us and tell me her life with Ted. I knew Ted as my best friend. She knew Ted as the love of her life and her husband. And she gave insight into the wonderful life they had together and the grief journey she's now on. What I learned from Luann is that there is a different journey for all of us. My wife, Debbie, Matt's mother, has been a guest on two different shows here in this podcast series. If you've listened to the prior shows, you've heard her twice. She has talked about her journey as a mother losing a 32-year-old son, Matt, which is different than my journey and different than our son's journey, David, who lost his brother's sibling. 
as as a wife, Luann's journey was different than the journeys that I was on, Debbie was on, and our son David has been on. And she gave insight into how that is just different because she talked about she would talk, she missed talking to Ted every single day. That was her husband. And the void that exists, losing a spouse is different than other relationships. And the WAN showed great bravery and compassion and willingness to help others by opening up and telling me and the and you the audience about that grief journey as a wife. And what I learned from Luann was things about my best friend Ted that I never knew and learned how different it is losing a spouse versus a child. Every loss is a tragedy but every loss is different. And she gave great insight as to how that loss has determined her journey of grief. And I could not thank her enough for enlightening me and the audience with her words about her journey and her bravery for speaking on the show. The Last person I'd like to talk about as a guest was John Gerock, who was a friend of mine for 40 years. John is a workers' compensation lawyer, and he talked about the passing of his son, Christopher. And what I learned from John was how faith can be an integral part of the grief process. John was kind enough to come on the show and talk about his journey of grief, losing his son, Christopher. But he also talked about how his faith has helped him deal with this loss and help him through the grief process. And in the process of having his faith help him with this grief, he has been able to reach out and help others, just as he did by, going, by agreeing to be a guest on the show. I always knew John was a man of faith, but it's not something that we really talked about for the vast majority of our time as friends, almost 40 years, because the vast majority of our times, we had not lost sons. John lost his son, Christopher, before I lost my son, Matt, and obviously that changed both of our lives, where we now do talk about grief and we do talk about faith 
And John has been very kind and brave to open up and to explain how his faith has helped him on this journey. And I think that helped me. It was a lesson that was very important for me to hear and to learn. And John wanted to make sure that he could try to impart this knowledge and help people listening to the show on a worldwide basis. And that, I think, shows the kindness and sincerity of my friend, John Gearock. I also just want to talk about last week's show, which dealt with one of Matt's friends who came over after he heard about Matt's passing. He had moved out of the area and did not know about Matt's passing until recently and came over and wrote this beautiful letter to Matt that I read as part of last week's episode. And what I learned, and his name was Matthew, what I learned from him was how much love and respect Matt gave to his friends and how much love and respect that Matt got from his friends. And it really was a synergy that existed because I knew many of his lifelong friends here came to the funeral after Matt's passing and told me stories that I knew. But Matthew Michael, who came and wrote this letter to Matt, told me many stories I didn't know. And it just, again, made me so proud that Matt Adler was my son because he just did incredible things during his time on this earth. He made the most of every single day. He tried to help as many people as he could, and he led the best life that he could have possibly lived. And that is probably the biggest lesson that I've learned concerning Matt's passing, that he made the most out of the life that he led. It was full of love. It was full of compassion. It was full of empathy. It was full of dedicating his life to helping others. And in my view and my definition, that clearly is the essence of a life well lived. And for that, I thank God and grateful that I had my son, Matthew Adler, for 32 years. I like to end this episode on that note. And again, I'd like to say that if you or somebody you know is struggling, please contact a medical mental health professional as soon as possible or call 911 if warranted or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. 
Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. We hope we've given you some insight concerning the issues of surviving and thriving after the suicide death of a loved one during our program today. Please join your host, Marshall Adler, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a good week.